I'm Jacob Rodriguez, Editor-in-Chief of the University Star, and you're listening to a University Star podcast. Around here, when you win, it isn't good enough. You know, but when you lose, damn sure ain't good enough. So so what is good enough? You guys need to tell us what is good enough. I guess you get paid to cause controversy, but in this locker room, we're not going to help that call. You, you write that in the paper. You write that. You make money off that. You're carrying on like a legacy, like your last name, you know? The people that did this in the 80s, they weren't doing it just because, oh, they thought it was a cool hairdo. No, they were doing it because they were badass. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Cats Got Our Tongues. We're on episode 30. Uh, long time no see. Uh, I hope you missed us. We definitely missed y'all. Today I'm here with Colton McWilliams back on the grind, and we're going to talk about football. I know it seems like it's a long way away, but there's actually a surprising amount of news going on here. So, Colton, you want to open that up? Yeah, so if w- there's been a lot of football news going on. Even though it is the off season, football still er, football is almost like a 24-7, 365-day-a-year sport because mm-hmm. once football season over, that's when you focus on recruiting. Exactly. And so we've had a lot of change. Like, recruiting-wise, it's been, if you haven't been following the recruiting scene, uh, Jake Spavadol's been really focused on the JUCOs, mm-hmm. trying to rebuild an offensive line, which was, like last year, it was it was really non-existent. Yeah, you could blame it like that's why the offensive failed. That's probably why the quarterbacks failed. That's probably why the running game didn't get was kind of like trash. Mm-hmm. So he went out there, got some really good like prospect like old linemen from you know using that pipeline from Tyler Junior College. Oh, nice! And it was like it's kind of astounding that he got like six five players. From Tyler Junior College, and we're not talking about like two star. This is like three star recruits, like highly rated three star recruits. So it was really encouraging to see, like him, like okay, we're going to put these guys in, and we're going to get this offense rolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, definitely on Twitter, I've been seeing like tweet after tweet about new guy here, new guy here. He seems like he is aggressive, and he's it ready has been to go really aggressive. Yeah, so that's really hopeful. But, okay, unfortunately, with all this recruiting coming in, we've got somebody coming out. Not a huge surprise, but Gresh Jensen no. is on the transfer portal. Yeah, Gresh, Gresh Jensen decided, like, it, Texas State isn't going to be the place for him, and he decided to leave. And if you're looking for everyone's reaction, it really wasn't surprising because Gresh started, he did, like, his first his first start against Wyoming, like, he did, did pretty well, mm-hmm. except he had two interceptions. One of them led to the pick six. Yeah. It was a back-breaking moment. And to be honest, Gresh never really broke away from Tyler Vitt. It was, that was kind of the problem. Mm-hmm. Even though he had Bob Stead as his offensive coordinator using that Montana connection, it never seemed like him and Tyler Vitt, they were just like so evenly matched. Yeah. They were, no one was really worse. No one was really better. It mm-hmm. was just almost like your worst nightmare. It's like they were just the exact same, no matter what. Yeah, it always seemed to me before the concussion that like, oh, who's going to start this week was a valid question because, honestly, none of neither of them really stood out or shown that much in any of the games. No, it was just really surprising because, like everyone thought, Gresh Jensen was going to be the one that was going to break yeah. out because he was with Bob Stitt again, mm-hmm. and it was just like, okay, is this. Are we going to see, like, them finally take this offense, like, going for the first time in, like, it seems like forever. Yeah. But it was just almost the exact same thing. And it was just kind of depressing. Just like, well, you said we were going to 
you know, Bob Stitt's like a highly touted like offensive. Oh, he was a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just so weird. It was just like nothing happened. And mm-hmm. like, I think Coach Babadon made the right decision. Like, no, this isn't going to work. Yeah. I'm going to be taking over the play callers. We're going to get a new offensive coordinator. And we're basically going, we're right now. I think he fit, finally feels the pressure. Like I came in with all this hype and I only produced three wins. And now I'm, and it's like, I have to win now. Mm-hmm. This is a must win situation, which I don't think a lot of people are saying it's a must-win situation, but I think a lot of people were disappointed in that first season. Yeah. I think Spav, I think Coach Spav knows it. He knows he was – I don't think it was probably the best season he would have had, but mm-hmm. he was kind of like dealing with the cards he had. It was just yeah. – like It was basically he was still dealing with the turnover with the Everett Withers. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, we can talk about the defense. I mean, the defense was really never the question – it was always going to be about the offense, and it was obvious the offense, like there was no development on the offensive line. Yeah, there wasn't really any improvement there. And I think you're right about, you know, Spavadol, he was coming off for his first year. I don't think he was comfortable, like, cleaning house, and, like, he didn't really know exactly what he was dealing with yet because he mm-hmm. hadn't played a game with these kids, you know? No, he hadn't played a game with these kids. He hadn't really, like, it was also his very first coaching, head, head coaching coach, job. Yeah. So, like, yeah he had to get through the growing pains mm-hmm. like not everyone's like you know we talk about going from like oh and t- t- 12 and like not making a bowl game everyone points to central florida you know scott frost comes in gets them immediately to bowl eligibility mm-hmm. after going oh and six and then you know they win their that you know that so-called national championship going 13 and oh and everyone's like oh yeah this must be easy but like, i know it really isn't no that's definitely like an exception to yeah the he rule. scott frost was really the exception to the rule yeah so, yeah, I think the second year, how are you feeling about, you know, these recruits coming in? I know it's a long way away, but do you think we're going to see I, some significant improvement? I think there's going to be – I think there is going to be a lot of improvement because he's bringing in a Jacob Peeler who was the wide receivers coach at Ole Miss. And if you follow college football, he'd always use the term like NWO, nasty wideouts. And he's mm-hmm. produced some really good wide receivers that went to the NFL. Like if you follow the playoffs – Especially with the Tennessee Titans, Jacob Peeler, he, you know, D- DK Metcalf from the Seattle Seahawks have been a really good part of that offense. And then A.J. Brown from the Tennessee Titans kind of broke out, you know, with Ryan Tannehill throwing, like, touchdown bombs. So he sent a lot of really good NFL prospects to from Ole Miss to the NFL. So it's kind of exciting to see him, like, okay, now we're going to rebuild this offense. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, not rebuild, but, like, we're going to rejuvenate it and Definitely. finally get it off the ground, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess most people have been wanting this offense to kind of just, you know, not just be, like, you know, perfect, just, like, just okay enough so yeah. we can Even finally like score some points. Even, like, somewhat balanced with the defense. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, but I, I think it would be really exciting. And then the quarterback battle, I think everyone, you know, with Tyler Vitt and Gresh Jensen, we're finally going to see Brady McBride yeah. come, into the, come into the forefront. And everyone's been talking about, you know, he didn't, you know, transferred from Memphis. You know, he is a Texas quarterback. He played at Coppell and did really well, took him deep into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But he comes in, you know, didn't play, so he was on the practice squad basically as the scout team quarterback. And you kept hearing these stories like, yeah, Brady is basically the best quarterback out of the bunch, and he's not even playing this year. Yeah. That was kind of the talk, you know, among all of us, just like, yeah, Brady's the best one here. Mm -hmm. And there was a – 
I just saw it this morning, a Southwest uh, Conference Roundup. They did like a film study on uh, Brody McBride, and it really went into depth wow. on like how how he sat in the pocket, how he was like when he was running, he was looking, but he was, he was running, but he was also looking to throw. Mm-hmm. And when he would run, he could run. So it was almost like he adds the best of like Tyler Vitt when he runs, but also he's got the better passing ability mm-hmm. than Vitt or Gresh Jensen. So it's just like kind of like, okay, we may we may find our quarterback after yeah. so many years of like kind of transitioning. And he made a really good point about he's almost like a Willie Brown the third, the old Texas State quarterback that Tyler yeah. that him and Tyler Vitt were battling in Withers' final. Was year. it Willie Jones? Willie Jones, yeah, yeah it was yeah. Willie Jones. Just talking about he he basically could be like yeah he's basically like Willie Jones, if Willie Jones could pass yeah so that's Brady, some good news yeah so Brady McBride is I think he's gonna you're when you watch the spring game I think you're gonna see Brady McBride show like yeah I am the best quarterback of this group mm-hmm. I set out a year and I'm gonna show to everyone like yeah I deserve to be in this position and I'm gonna help take this team you know to heights we've never seen before yeah. Honestly, I'm really excited for the spring game with all these new people, with Brady, mm-hmm. with all that stuff. So it should be pretty interesting. And it's really interesting seeing all the, like, seeing all the recruits. They just seem to have, like, this different kind of energy. Yeah. It's almost like, yeah, we he recruited us, and now we're going to come build something special. Like, mm-hmm. And it feels like after Brian, you know, Brian London third, and, like, all of them left, it feels like we're getting new energy put into this program, mm-hmm. which I think that's going to be really good because I know everyone's going to be down like, oh, we're not going to have Brian. We're not going to have all our good defensive players. Well, having this new energy, I think it's going to be a really big help. Yeah. I like the JUCO idea for sure, but he seems like he's having. Mm-hmm. Because the best part about the going the JUCO route is you're having players who've play, who they've had experience playing at the college level. Like, yeah, it's a junior college level, but you're basically playing against the same amount of mm-hmm. you know, the same amount of talent. Yeah, for sure. All right, so uh, kind of weird, unrelated news for football, but I had to bring it up. Uh, so one of our former tight ends coaches was let go mysteriously after a year here. So he doesn't he doesn't work here anymore. And he uh, who does he work for now? He was. So he was hired at Grand Valley State, which is a D2 program. He was yeah. hired as the offensive coordinator. I can't believe. I couldn't <laughs> believe when this story broke. Oh, no, honestly, I was like, what? So he, in front of God and everybody, to a student newspaper, decided. Uh, so the student uh, who interviewed him asked, you know, who would you go to dinner with or who's a great leader? And he decided to say Hitler. <laughs> No lie. He said Hitler. And he thought that was a good idea. So obviously that made news. That's pretty crazy to me. Um, I want. Do you have any idea why he was let go from our program? I think it was just like Jake Spavel just kind of cleaning out the offense. Yeah. Just trying to like, we're just going to restart on offense. We're just going to try to build this program. Mm-hmm. Basically from the offense, just from the bottom up. And we're, that's why I said you see all these junior yeah i think it was just like cleaning cows it's like okay let's well thank start. god yeah it turned out to be the a really great decision by coach pavadol to let him go so see he knows what he's doing yeah he, i think he 
<laughs> Let's give him some credit. I think he actually knows what he's doing. Yeah, he, he sensed it. He knew, he felt the racist energy coming off of it. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, some high hopes for uh, next year's football team, uh, but it's still a while away. Coming up really soon is baseball and softball. They're going to play next week. Uh, so, you know, let's talk a little bit about them, a little preview real quick. All right. Let's let's just start with softball. I think softball's probably got the biggest hype yeah. out of our spring programs because if you haven't this team is loaded. Mm-hmm. When I say loaded, I mean it is loaded. Like they're starting their pitching staff is basically back with Megan King, you know, Danielle Barrera, and then a couple of others. Like that mm-hmm. it is still that core is still intact and then our offense still intact and like the whole infield it is crazy oh it's so nice yeah high hopes for sure um what do you feel about cat osterman leaving for the olympics though do you think that's gonna hurt us a little bit i mean i do think it is it might hurt us a little bit but i think she has enough faith in this team yeah to be able to do that also it's another like her being because softball's coming back to the Olympics for the first time in like a long time. So I think since like the '08. Like, since since she last played. Yeah, right? since she yeah. last played. So like, I'm not gonna blame her. Like, if it's an opportunity to play in the Olympics, oh, like yeah. what, at least one more time. Like, I don't blame her. I would take that opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's not on Cat at all. No, I wouldn't blame Cat on this. Like anyone, if you had an opportunity <laughs> to play in the Olympics, like hell yeah, yeah, you're gonna, you'd be crazy. Yes. Uh, I think it's really cool that we are actually playing the U.S. Olympic team. I just looked it up, and it's on February 9th. Yes, that's going to be a really interesting <laughs> game. Is it in San Marcos? It's or in is... Florida. God. I don't, I'm so bad. Ah. I know. I wanted to go so bad. It's part of the their first kickoff. It's the NFCA leadoff classic, which starts on next Friday. So, yeah, it's down in Florida, sadly, because I would love to see – a cat play us play the U.S. team, but also cat, cat. play her own like you know her like, own players, yeah. her own yeah <laughs> people that she's been teaching. Yeah, and, like, it's gonna be really interesting to see. Um, hopefully, honestly, Texas State loses. Let's really <laughs> pray for that. I really this is the one time that I would say I don't want them to win. <laughs> I don't. I I would honestly just tune in just to see like the cool spectacle of like a coach yeah. playing her. Mm-hmm. Team in like an actual like regulated game. I think that would be because re- it is an interesting prospect if you really think about it. Oh, you definitely. never hear stories about a coach playing their own team. No, that's just not a thing. But you know, Cat's awesome, so mm-hmm. she's still sticking around playing and stuff, which is so cool. Yeah, I wish I could go to that game. I mean, it's got to be super fun. Um, and then uh, some other softball news: they were ranked or they were just picked fourth. Uh, in the preseason poll. Yeah, they were picked fourth. It's obviously, you know, number one, number one it should be no, it's no, uh, it's obviously going to be Louisiana. Louisiana's been the powerhouse. Yep. I mean, they basically swept, you know, they got all 10 votes, and mm-hmm. it's it's not a surprise, like, because, I mean, Louisiana is the powerhouse in the Sun yeah. Belt. It is, if you want to win the tournament, if you want to advance to the NCAA tournament, you've got to be, Louisiana. I just don't think that's happening anytime soon. No, but it's going to be interesting to see because, like, in that softball tournament in San Marcos, they played with them. Like, it was no, like, it wasn't like no fluke. Like, no, they were with Louisiana every step of the way. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be really interesting when those two teams tangle, like, later in the year. Uh, That was the day of the barbecue. 
No, it was actually or, the day after the barbecue. The day after the barbecue. Oh, okay. Yeah, I probably brought this up a hundred times on the podcast, but Colton went to a Louisiana uh, cookout or like right uh, tailgate right before. It was their. It was the Sunbelt Championship. It was like for this championship yeah. game, and they were having a tailgate. And I was just like, you know what? I just kind of want to mingle with them. <laughs> and like, it was a. It was really fun. I was yeah. just like, damn, I wish Texas State could do yeah something cool like that. But you know, you know, that's something we've been living with this whole time we've yes. been here. Um, but yeah. So one thing about softball to close is. They had that crazy, like, run in the middle of the season that was really good. And then they kind of choked at the yeah, end. Yeah, they kind of dropped off towards the end. You know, they beat Troy in a home series. It was, like, it was a really important home series. Mm-hmm. Series, You know, they were in contention for, like, a number two seed. And then they get swept by U- – They I think they beat UTA once, and then they dropped the last two games against UTA and dropped them all the way down the fourth, Mm -hmm. which is the reason they had to play Louisiana, which was kind of like a bummer. Yeah. Because everyone knew Louisiana was good. Yeah, that was kind of a given. But, like, the three three teams, like, our softball team's going to worry about, like, it's obviously going to be Louisiana, and it's going to be Troy and UTA again. Mm -hmm. And it's – and I said the road's going to – the road is obviously going to go through Louisiana, but, like, Troy and UTA are going to be, like, kind of roadblocks. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Those are some obstacles in the road. Well, I'm really excited for them to come back home. Let me see when they are coming back here so y'all can tune in. Um, so it looks like after that, the, oh, the Bobcat Classic is right after that. So that's not this Thursday, but the next. The very next Thursday. The very next. And they're playing UTSA. So, that so it, is a cool. ri- it is a rivalry game, and y'all better show rivalry out. Rivalry game, February 13th at 6 p.m. Y'all better be there. This looks like a good team. Like we said, they're packed. So. Like, it is a stacked team. It is a really good team. Like, mm-hmm. to compare to other, this is basically, like, the volleyball team. Like, even the non-conference schedule. Yeah. Like, if you look at their non-conference schedule, there is a lot Ooh, of big-name Baylor. teams. Like, like in that, you know, that Florida tournament, mm-hmm. you know, they play South Alabama. Then they play Kentucky, Kentucky Auburn, Louisville. Louisville. Auburn. And then you go down, like, say, they're going to play uh, Baylor. They're also going to play... Uh, Illinois, Minnesota. Yeah, this and, like, is like this is like big name like schools. Yeah, like, it makes you wonder like, like it, every time you see that, you're wonder like this team must be good because mm-hmm. you don't send like a really bad team to go play these teams only for them to get slaughtered. Like, yep. Like Coach uh, Woodard is going to challenge her girls to play. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I know we're good, but if you can get through this schedule, like, then the Sun Belt's going to be like a breeze. Yeah, this is definitely, it's going to be fun, especially to see, I don't think we would be like, I think we would be the underdog in a lot of those games. Yes. So it'd be a lot of fun to see maybe if we get some upsets in there. Mm-hmm. That always like riles people yes. up, you know. So let's talk a little bit about baseball real quick because they are starting soon also. They're starting on Valentine's Day. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> Uh, and they're here, so that's really cool. Uh, and baseball was recently picked third in the uh, preseason thing. Yeah, they were picked third in the Sun Belt West. In the West, yeah. In the West, right behind, I think it was uh, UTA in uh, Louisiana. But I think that West division is going to be a toss-up. I think mm-hmm. any of those three teams is in contention. Yeah. And after last season, you know, we've talked about this a lot. So we had the, you know, we won. We were like, woohoo! Yeah, we went, end up winning the regular season title, <laughs> and then 
And when it came to tournament play, it was just... Yeah, it was just boom. Oh, it's over. Like, it yeah. was crazy. Did, did we get run rolled? I don't remember. Or it was bad. It was bad. Whatever I, like, it I still was. remember watching it, and I was just depressed. Like, this yeah. is what our team... It was weird, because we knew we were good. We beat UT... Yeah, we beat UT in <laughs> San Marcos, and it was, like, one of the greatest games just yeah. watching. Yeah, so that was a really weird – I feel like it was almost a fluke. So I hope we don't do that again. I mean, I know that Texas State has kind of a little bit of an issue with tournaments for some reason. Mm-hmm. But I think we this team's got a lot of potential just like uh, softball, you know? I think the only thing that worries me about the baseball team is the pitching staff. Yeah. Because I I – look through the pitching staff and like our three stars you know it was Connor Wright, Connor McMahon uh, mm-hmm. I can't I can't but all three of them like not we don't have like a starting pitcher that consistently started for us like yeah it's the gotta only be a new team, team that the only pitcher that's coming back with the most wins was uh Brent Hebert like he was the only star he was he's the only he's the pitcher with the most wins on this roster with five like our like our closing rotation it's really good like we still have a uh, Zachary Lay, he was our number one saver. He's going to be back. Mm-hmm. But the, if the one thing to focus on baseball season this year is going to be on that starting rotation because it's going, to, it's probably going to be Brent Haybear going to be your number one starter. Mm-hmm. But I, it's but for the other rotate like the, on the other rotations, it's probably it's going to be it's going to be up in the air. Mm-hmm. So that'll be something we really need to see in these first games, you know, see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, it would be really if like if you really want to if you're going to be like a hardcore baseball fan, like do definitely follow the starting rotation. Yeah. Seeing like how they're going to perform because offensively like we lost a few people but like the offense is still intact. It's yeah. still, you know, we still have a Will Hollis, a John Rutheridge, mm-hmm. Jackson Williams, like a lot of a, a lot yeah. of those key like hitters from last season are still back. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be like, can the starting rotate? Like, how's the starting rotation going to like, pull out? Pull out, yeah. And also, is the first season for Stephen Trout like That's it is the thing? Like, this is going to be like kind of a start of a new era for Texas State because we. I think it was like. Ty Harrington had been a baseball coach since like 2000. It was like an, it was 19 he, years. Yeah. Yeah. He was there for like forever. So, like, that's what all the players, you know, when you think mm-hmm. of Texas State baseball, it's pro- your first reaction is like, oh, yeah, Ty Harrington, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the coach, the winningest coach in Texas State history. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely had a lot of awards and stuff for mm-hmm. what he did. You know, led, you know, Texas State to, to multiple Southland Conference championships, finally led him to a Sunbelt Conference mm-hmm. championship. And like I said, it's just going to be really interesting to see how Stephen Trout's going to lead, lead the team basically into a new era. Yeah. Well, luckily he's an in-house hire. Yeah, he is. So, yeah, he is. I an think in-house. that's a good thing. I think always. it was a good thing. Like, yeah. So it's going to be an interest. It's going to be an interesting baseball season mm-hmm. just to see like how the team reacts under Trout, how the rotation's yeah. going to go. Yeah, I think that's the uh, for baseball instead of softball. It's going to be a little bit more of a surprise. Something mm-hmm. you really we really need to watch early in the season to see like really what this team is going to do. Yeah, and you can also see in the schedule. Like I say it's not a lot of heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. It's mainly you know there is your Houston's and your Rice's and your Lamar's, but, but it's not quite as. Packed. It's not. Pack. There's Baylor. Yeah, it's you're gonna see Baylor, and then I said we're gonna have a home game against Texas, which is always going to be a oh, those are fun. And then they're gonna go on the road against Texas A&M, so it's just gonna be really interesting to see mm-hmm. how this team, you know, kind of how this team plays throughout the season, and yeah. see if they can, you know, 
reclaim their Sunbelt Conference Championship again. Well, let's uh, hope so. So, like we said, uh, football, months away. Baseball, two weeks away. Valentine's Day, ignore your boo, go to the game. Uh, Or take your boo to the game. Or take your boo, that's a cute date. (laughs) And then... um, I don't remember when I said softball was, but... Softball's, it's It's the day before? Probably the day before. Yeah, but it starts a week before that, and just tune in and see how they play against their own coach and the Olympic team, because that's pretty cool. I said, it's probably going to be on ESPN+, Plus. so if you got Disney+, Plus or Hulu, just... Yeah, just bundle get that all package those deal so he can watch some Texas State softball and baseball. Yeah, it's a nice deal. All right, so this was Colton McWilliams, and I'm going to bring Cade on next. You remember Cade. He's our foot, uh, volleyball beat writer, but now he's the basketball expert, and we're going to talk about men's and women's basketball real quick. Thanks, Colton. No problem. All right, so now uh, I know you missed him. You've got Cade back on here talking about basketball. What's going on, Cade? Yes, I am back. Texas State basketball is back underway, back here in San Marcos. Uh, let's go ahead and get right into it. They fell short against UT Arling this weekend. It came down to a final shot. If it had went in, we would have won. Paint the picture for me, Cade. I know you were there. I know the emotions you felt. What exactly happened in those final seconds of the game? A whole lot of emotion. About 40, you know, attendance was 4,100. We're down by six with about a minute left. Uh, we got a couple stops. Nigel Pearson, four-point play. That was huge. Mm-hmm. Brought it back down to a two-point game. We fouled, you know, UTSA's uh, Brian Warren. He made both free throws. We scored two free throws, and then we got a jump ball. So it's six seconds left. We're down by two. We have a chance, and we have no timeouts left. Uh, Eric Terry comes in the game. They pass it to Eric Terry. He sets a screen. He, he uh, passes it back out to Nigel. Nigel has an open three. You know, actually kind of open three. He has a good look at it, and it just hits off the back back iron in the rim, and uh, that's how we lost to UTA, uh, UTA. Yeah, heartbreaking, honestly. Yeah, down, that was a tough one. And, they, you know, the UTS, UTA crowd, they showed up that game. They always no, they travel did. well. They were really loud, too. They kept stomping on the stands and stuff. I yeah, I like, believe they definitely had an effect. Yeah, I was like, why isn't Texas State doing this? We have 4,000 people here. But so that's okay. We were on a four-game win streak, and yeah. we lost that one. We were bound to lose one, so let's hope we just bounce back tonight against ULM. You heard that tonight here at Strahan Arena. They were playing ULM. Uh, we've already played them, and it was pretty tight. Uh, what exactly happened in that game? Well, in that game, we were losing the majority of the game. You know, we led for – we were up 2-0, and then we didn't lead till seven minutes left in the second half. And so it came down to the wire again. That game, I believe, we were down by three with a minute left. Nigel Pearson, who's, you know, constantly stepped up, he hit a three to tie it. We get a steal on the other end, and then we get fouled. Nigel Pearson makes a free throw. We win by one after we get a stop on there. So, and actually, came they hit a shot at the very end, but after the review, it, it was still in his hands. So we won that game by a point in Monroe. So it'll be interesting tonight. Yeah, pretty evenly matched uh, when we played. I think we're picked to win. I think we're doing a little bit better in conference than ULM and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, they're actually at the very bottom of the conference. Oh, really? I but, didn't know it was that low. Yeah, I don't. I would not. <laughs> I would say don't count them out. They beat us no, last definitely. year when we were supposed to beat them. So mm-hmm. it should be a good game. I really hope we get this one done. Yeah, this is a tight conference this year. So it's very tight. I believe we're tied with like three teams for fifth or sixth place i think we're it's, fifth yeah so this we're is right a big game yeah this is a huge game um and let's let's take a second to talk about nigel pearson because 
Everybody's been talking about Nigel Pearson. He is now the all-time scoring leader, if y'all haven't been paying attention. All-time program history, he has scored the most points for the Bobcats for men's basketball. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, no, that I think is the biggest story this season. You know, last season we had our best start in like 60 years. This season kind of off a little rough, but Nigel Pearson has never faded away, and therefore he is the leading scorer Mm -hmm. of Texas State. He recently just passed 1,900 points. I believe he's... He's about, he's just under 2,000, so he is definitely making a name for himself. No, yeah, he's doing amazing. And you got to talk to him uh, about, you know, yeah. being the scoring leader and stuff like that. Do you have anything that you uh, took away from that that was pretty cool? Yeah, I had a quick phone interview with him, and he just talked about how, you know, coming here as a freshman, he was led by KGT, OJ Black, Bobby Conley. That was a senior class, and he was a freshman. And he was still good as a freshman. I mean, this man has had to step up all four years to break this scoring record. But he said as a freshman, he really learned a lot from the seniors coming in. And he said when he broke the scoring record, many Bobcats reached out to him. He said his phone was going off like crazy. And as it should, he deserves it. Mm-hmm. That's that Bobcat legacy right there. And he definitely has potential for you know playing basketball after college. We don't know where yet. We'll find out. You know, as his time comes, but he definitely has a future in this sport. Yeah, don't get too impatient, guys. We don't know. He didn't specify because he's focused on this season right now, but he's really good. And that's that's another thing I should add is he said, yeah, I broke the scoring record. I'll celebrate it when the season is over right Mm -hmm. now. We need to win some games. No, yeah, he's definitely a team player. That's really cool about him. Um, So, yeah, Nigel Pearson, he deserves it. Scoring leader of all time. He's leading the team. So that's pretty cool. Hopefully with we'll beat the ULM and then on Saturday against we, Lafayette. We play Lafayette. So we play both Louisiana teams. Yep. We beat them. We beat both of them when we played them earlier this season. Let's mm-hmm. hope we do the same, take care of business and move up in the conference standings. Yep. And it's a lot more fun with a lot of people there. You know, the UTA game had 4,000 people there that felt really good. So hopefully the attendance is pretty Packed. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, 4,000 people is definitely, you know, has an effect. I think mm-hmm. the students could definitely be louder, though. Yeah, a little more, you know, have an enthusiasm. impact on the game. Yeah. And so, in addition to that, our women's basketball team is returning to Strahan yes. Saturday. They're playing UTA as a doubleheader right before the men's game. Yes. But for them, you know, men's basketball, they've. They're not as good as they were last year, but women's basketball. That's a different story. So <laughs> women's basketball is 0-8 in conference. It hurts to say that. Um, I mean, that doesn't mean that they're a terrible team. I just don't understand how the leads keep getting blown Yeah, so they've definitely hard. had some of these games. I say about half these games they could have won. Yeah. And we're talking about a whole other you know, story than what we're talking about right exactly. now. Exactly. I think if realistically from where we are at the end of the first half or at the end of the third quarter, we look like we could be a mid mid in the conference. Like yeah, I mean, fifth, we, we've like blown – we blew a 23-point lead this week in the South Alabama. Oh, that one hurts so We blew bad. an 18-point lead. You're at that game to uh, – Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah, Louisiana. Uh, and we've been, uh, for six of the eight games, we've had the lead at the half. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, It's ridiculous. It's so crazy. It's like that last quarter, like, something shifts. And I'm not really sure what it is, but they get scared. They get stressed. And honestly, at this point, I can see it because once you've lost eight games in a row, I think it gets Your confidence, game, it gets to your head. It gets harder and harder to come back. So they need this win literally more than ever before. Um, I'm really worried for Coach Z. I don't know. It's just like I'm stressed, you know. It's I, not something we've 
dealt with recently over the years because no. last year the year before we had tosh levitt oh, and yeah. she was you know she was a good leader mm-hmm. and we don't have her this year and we're, we're struggling so far it's kind of a young team we'll say it is that a young team but you know they definitely you know need to get something going and they play ut arlington right before the men's game so yeah. I will be there. You know, I'll come there for that game, especially because mm-hmm. they're honoring Coach Chisholm at halftime. So that's a yes. big thing. Yeah. So Saturday is Chisholm night, which is so cool. So, yeah. Uh, I think the women's team is actually the uh, volleyball team recognition, and then the men's game has Chisholm. But I'm yeah, yeah. Sure. No, you're right. You're right, yeah. actually. Yeah, I didn't yeah. get that correct. So for both games, you get to see a little bit of our reigning Sun Belt champions. You know, Texas State volleyball is always – we're pretty big fans up in here. So that's pretty cool. That's a little bonus, especially for the women's game. Um, they need the support more than ever. And men's basketball should be really fun as well to see, you know, what's going to happen. Yeah, come see the all-time scoring leader. He's yeah. only – you know, he has just seven, six, maybe seven games left at Strahan. Yeah, there's not much left for him, and it's – I mean, he's always doing – he's very consistent. He's and he wants well. to win. He really cares yes. about winning. And so – just be there to support. Yeah, for sure. All right, so this was Cade Andrews back here, our basketball and volleyball expert. Uh, thanks again, guys, for listening to Cats Got Our Tongues. We're back. We're going to be weekly again. I know y'all missed us so much, so we're here again. Uh, but, yeah, thank you.